This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Frank Einstein and the Brain Turbo. Frank Einstein and the Brain Turbo is the third installment in the hilarious New York Times best-selling children's book series filled with inventions, science experiments, and baseball-playing robots by former National Ambassador for Young People's Literature John Sheska and mad scientist illustrator Brian Biggs. That's Frank Einstein and the Brain Turbo, on sale now from Amulet Books. This episode is brought to you by The Message, a new podcast series from GE Podcast Theater. Hi, Nikki Tomlin here, and I'm the host of The Message. I'll be following a team of elite cryptographers as they decode a highly classified radio transmission. To sum it up, extraterrestrials. The Message on iTunes. The following podcast contains explicit language. Welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. And according to our new favorite iTunes reviewer, worth listening even when you try not to like it. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. She loved us despite herself. And she also said we were chipper, which is probably the first time I've ever been called that. Well, there is a first time for everything, Liz. In real life, we're really depressing. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. I'm Liz Gumbiner. And we're the co-founders of CoolMomPics.com. On today's episode of Spawn, we're going to talk about me time. Our parents, and moms in particular, taking enough of it. And then we're going to talk about kids and cursing. Yeah, what? what the hell's up with that? <laughs> and finally, we'll close out our show with each of our own cool picks of the week. Now, of course, you can always weigh in on any of the topics we discuss on the show. Or fact, how chipper we are. <laughs> or my poor voice I have strep throat you You sound a little dummy more. Oh, I like it. Thank you. Catch us on Twitter at Cool Mom Picks with a hashtag Spawn Show. Visit our Facebook page or email us spawned at coolmompicks.com. So on to our first topic. Yes. So it was interesting this Sunday. I found myself with an odd free day. What is that like, Liz? <laughs> like, no children. My kids were with their father. My boyfriend was with his kids. And I realized I was alone in the house, which is something that probably hasn't happened for, like, five months. That's practically orgasmic. It's, it's pretty <laughs> insane. And I will say, you know, other single parents often say one of the benefits of being a single parent, if you have a committed ex, is that you sometimes get a little time to yourself and you can get used to it. But it's been a while for me. So I realized that I spent the whole day doing work, and cleaning the apartment. (laughs) That was my me time day. Isn't that sad? It's sad, but you know what? I do the same thing. You do? I really do. What happened to like the days that we were like, free day, pedicure, spa day, I'm going to walk in the park, I'm going to read the crossword puzzle all day long. (laughs) Oh, please. I think that's completely gone. Whether you're a single parent or not, there's so much that we need to catch up on. Like there's just always something to do. I know, but that stinks. You know what? I don't like it. I don't like that I feel feel, you know, when I wake up and I'm like, oh, there's no kids in the house. My first thought is I can do all this organization I wanted to do. Like that, like I feel oh, like I Liz. should be more indulgent. Yeah, but organization is so sexy, Liz. No, only on Pinterest. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting because we talk a lot about moms and free time and how little we get and moms feeling the burden of chores and responsibility in the house, even though we have more and more committed And even dads. though we don't get an allowance or a commission <laughs> for them, we don't. by the way. But there are a lot more committed dads and there's more 
more division of labor, I think, with the housework. But I think moms still feel the commitment. And I notice it, too. I feel like sometimes, you know, like if my boyfriend takes out the garbage, I, I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, I feel like it should be my job or I should be overseeing it. I don't know. It's really weird. It's just ingrained in I mean, me. Well, you know what? I don't think you're alone on that. I'm I mean, a feminist, damn it. I know. But I'm you, ruining but things also, for all feminists. No, but you're also <laughs> appreciative. You know, I was alone when I was married because my ex is a pilot and so he was gone all the time. And so the burden of pretty much everything was on me just because mm-hmm. he wasn't there to do it. Right. Mine was in culinary school and he was working in restaurants till four in the morning. So similar. I think there's a lot of parents out there doing a lot of things by themselves, even though they're in great committed relationships. Yeah. But you know what? There's just not enough time to get everything done. And sometimes I feel like, you know, it's it's nice to be able to catch up because when my kids come back, I think about that feeling that I have when they come home and the floor is clean and the dishes are done. And I agree. I have and the I same love feeling. It. I can't help it. But I love here's the, the thing. Don't you think it's important for us, like for our psyches, for our mental health that we take some time that's really indulgent and like read a book yes. or just well, watch no. a TV show. I, you know what happens to me is like I end up getting sick. Like what what happens when I do not. Is that not, why you have strep? Probably. <laughs> like when I don't take a mental health day, when I don't take time for myself, my body, and I think a lot of people could relate to this too. Uh, like my body says, guess what? I'm going to force you to take a break. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think I want to try to do more stuff for me. Like I still remember those single days when seriously my Sunday morning was like, hmm, maybe I'll go sit in this coffee shop and read the paper. Then I'll go to the other coffee shop, well, get you another know coffee. I have to say I'm a little <laughs> surprised at this, Liz, because I have looked at you and I think you've always been really good at taking me time. And I have to say at first, I'm like, oh, she takes it and she's not even guilty about it. That's so funny. What do you think is my me time? Well, like, what, you know, you always you have like pedicures. Oh, or you I go do. Out, you do go to That's movies. That's my one thing. You go to movies and I'm like, oh my God, she goes to movies alone. I do. Well, we have date night, and so we make the time to go to movies. I think that's important. Yeah, to have, like, time but you used to do it other. alone too. You would go to a movie alone, and I would always say, like, I admire Liz because she just doesn't feel guilty about it. And I see there are women out there; they get a massage every week, they're getting manicures, and they don't feel bad about it. Yeah, and I feel like true. that needs to rub off on a lot more. I think people. it's like finding balance, right? And I found this survey. Okay, Dad a nerd. Bum, bum. So I found a survey that stated that the average mother—I think this was in the UK, but I think it's applicable here as well gets just 17 minutes of alone time a day. Oh, my God. And here's so the awful. sad thing that's is that, crazy. like, even though you said, like, get a pedicure. Yes, getting a pedicure, totally <laughs> indulgent and awesome. But, like, me time is, like, taking a shower in this world. Oh, like, there's so many women. Not even. I know moms are like, oh, I got to take a shower by myself. Me time. And I'm thinking, that's hygiene. <laughs> yes. Time. That's something that we we hope that you do on a regular or like basis. going please. to get your hair cut. That shouldn't be me time. That should be like, you know, built into taking care of yourself. Now, right? don't you think, though, that this is definitely a gender issue? Like, we, I know we kind of touched on it before, but I just don't feel like guys feel bad about it. I feel like they're on the golf course. They're going to play basketball with their friends, and it's just like part of their day. It's possible. I don't know. I mean, I know some dads who really, really love taking care of the house as their hobby. But I think I do think it's a, a woman's issue because we still feel so much of the burden of the housework and the responsibilities. But then I found this other article, Dad and Nerd 2, <laughs> the reprise. And Danish mothers, guess how much they get to themselves a day on average? Danish mothers? Yep, free time on average, no Ugh. kids. I'm going to guess, like, I don't know, an hour. 
90 minutes. They get 90 minutes? Yes, and they have like the highest happiness rates in the world, whatever that means. We should ask Gretchen Rubin about that. And so <laughs> I, I think that there's like some correlation between not having enough time to yourself and having time to yourself and spending it on others, like me cleaning the house all day or getting organized or folding my kids' drawers, and <laughs> happiness. Like, I, like, you know what? When I do go and get a pedicure, I am happier <laughs> yeah. than when I clean the drawers. I might feel more satisfied when I've gotten something oh, off my to-do list, that's but I don't know that I'm happy. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think that's a great, great distinction because I know like I, for the last couple weekends when I do have time, I find myself just really wanting to do absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like just want to, I like, I can barely even binge watch. Like that's even too much work for me. See, I definitely still get the binge watching in, but I don't know. I don't consider like 10 to midnight me time. <laughs> I think that's like a given, so wait, right? So me time for you is like during the day, when you when you're awake and like you know bushy eyed is that right? yeah bushy-eyed? like you can take yourself to lunch or okay. you can meet a friend for coffee or you can walk in the park or you can sit down and just read a book without looking at a watch and <laughs> figuring out when it's time to stop I don't know I think of it as time just time to yourself all right well I think this is a good call to action for our listeners take more me time yeah I want to know also how they spend their me time like are they like us where sometimes they feel obliged to get stuff done or are they like you know what the hell with that. I'm going to the spa. <laughs> you guys can tweet us at Cool Mom Picks with the hashtag Spawn Show. Catch us on Facebook or email us spawn at coolmompicks.com. You know, I have to say yes. that someone tweeted us yesterday asking for Spawned After Dark. So I think, you know, <gasps> maybe, after dark. Is, would that be considered me time if we did Spawned After Dark? Spawned with cocktails? <laughs> yes. I, I think it would be our time. I keep thinking of Mr. Hand from like Fast Times at Richmond High. This is our time, Kristen. We're together. Me time, our time. Sounds perfect. Hey guys, Kristen here, phoning in from my home in beautiful rural Pennsylvania. You know what? We got so excited about our next topic, Kids in Cursing, that we forgot to record this ad. So we're going to get to that topic. But first, a word from our sponsor, Amulet Books. This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Amulet Books. Book three in the hilarious science-themed children's book series from Amulet Books, Frank Einstein, get it, and the Brain Turbo is perfect for fans of Diary of a Wimpy Kid and great for new chapter book readers who are looking for something funny and smart to read. And I've got two of those in my house right now, so this is perfect. It's from the New York Times best-selling team of John Sheska and Brian Biggs, and they've created a unique world of fun integrating real science facts like, did you know, it's not possible to tickle yourself, and they combine it with adventure, humor, and of course, robots. So pick up the third book in this hilarious science-themed children's book series from Amulet Books, Frank Einstein and the Brain Turbo. All right. So our next topic. Oh, I am so excited to talk about this one. Of course you are. Because, damn it, I am (laughs) such a potty mouth and my children do too. Yeah, kids and cursing. And it's funny because last week we talked manners and actually we kind of started to talk about cursing and we cut it out because we thought, you know, (laughs) we could talk about this for like two hours. Well, you know what? It's such a big deal. And I think what's so fascinating about this topic is that everyone you talk to that's like sort of around our age, like when we grew up, there was like no joke soap in the mouth if you curse. Like it was a big deal. And I feel like nowadays it's so different don't you yeah you know it's funny because my dad just reminded me of the story that when my brother was three years old he said the f word 
And my dad and my mom just let it go. <laughs> and they figured he learned it from like the kind of tough neighbor kids across the street. Right. And so they came to him and they said, Jeff, where did you learn that word? So little three-year-old Jeff, I'm five, looks up at my parents and says, from Lizzie. <laughs> They're shocked. And now I don't remember that, but I guess I was five and I knew the F word and taught it to my brother, as all good older siblings do. Oh, yes. (laughs) Gotta love older siblings. I don't know. Like, I let your kids curse. Do you curse in front of your kids? Okay. So, what happened to me is that when I had my first kid, Mm -hmm. I was super aware of it. Your first out of the 16. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks a lot. First out of 12. Thank you very much. Ah! Like, I was very aware. And Uh so I was like, you know what? I like to curse. I do. People know me. And what's kind of funny is actually in college, I never curse. In fact, I corrected people. Can you believe that? I actually corrected people. I I said, that was a different You you. said shit. You need to say shoot. That was a clone. That was a step for Kristen That was not a real Kristen. (laughs) So... When, with my oldest, I was really careful. Mm-hmm. And and was that from when she was a baby? That was from when she was a baby. So you started right off the bat, yes. like, I need to get in this Yes, habit. although I will say when she was very little and she wouldn't sleep and it was really hard, I might have dropped the F-bomb a few times. But I figure, like, <laughs> what? you're the first parent who ever did that. I don't even know what you're talking about. But you know what? As I added more kids and life got more difficult, I just don't care as much. And so... I figure, like, that's how I speak. My kids are probably going to hear it elsewhere. So let's just kind of embrace it and make sure they understand the social rules that go along with cursing. So your kids can curse in the house? I'm just trying to understand, like, where you draw the line. So it's okay if they do or if, like, give me an example. Okay, so... Because <laughs> I am fascinated by this. I know I didn't you know are. this about you. Okay, so my children, if they say a curse word in the house... Mm-hmm. And usually it's appropriate, which is probably because they heard me say it. Like they drop something and they're like, shit. Or, you know, (laughs) someone says, Jesus Christ, which, you know, anyway, is that a curse or not? That's another topic. Uh Right. But I will say you guys got to take it easy. Like, whoa, Mm -hmm. hold up, you know, hold up there. So you stop. If they say it, you stop and you don't tell them not to. You just explain what that means. Yeah. yeah, I basically just say, you know what? This is like, let's let's figure out another way to say it. Mm. So I'm not like going up and punishing them and putting soap in their mouth or like if if it's if it's like someone says jerk or or idiot or whatever, I'll be like, you know, that's not really nice. Yeah. See, my kids think those are curse yeah, words. Yeah. So do mine, actually. Too. I mean, I remember. Well, like you, you know, I had a terrible mouth, curse like a sailor. Everybody in advertising does. It's just awful. Oh, they, really? They still tell jokes where I was like pregnant in a meeting, going, "The fucking thing is." Oh, <laughs> like, really? Yeah. Oh and they were like, God. "This pregnant lady is like cursing." Anyway. <laughs> We got the business, so it was a good meeting. <laughs> <Who cares? laughs> so when I was when my kids were born and they were little, I, like you, I really tried to get out of the routine. And I remember when my two-year-old came to me and she looks at me and she has this big smile on her face and she goes, "Jesus, mom, Jesus Christ." <laughs> And I was like, okay, it's time to watch what I'm saying in front of her. But kind of like you, we talk about what it means. So my my kids still think that like shut up and stupid are bad words, which I I like. I'm glad that they feel that way. You know what? Let me just say this because I honestly didn't even answer your question. But you know what? I think those are worse. Like I will be honest with you and say I think jerk, idiot, shut up. Because you know what? They're directed at a person. Ah, you know what? As opposed to like you know, oh shit, or damn. Like, honestly, to me, that's whatever. Like, that's, that's a great that's point. because you're annoyed. And you know what? I've, I've done research on this. Oh, because of course you me. I like have. have to research I everything. I love it. And actually, that's what the experts say. Oh, is really? There's a huge difference between cursing as an expletive 
which it can actually be cathartic. There's yes. research on that, that it can yes. like let out, you know, a release that you need to let out. Is different than using a name to besmirch someone. Right. <laughs> you right, know, right. like if you're attacking someone or defaming them or calling them a name, it almost doesn't matter. If you're calling someone fat, if you're using like a racial slur, if you're saying you're a fucking idiot. Like it's, <laughs> it's all it's all bad, right? Yes. That's all from the same place. Yes, so yes. I I like that you're talking about the distinction because I think as parents, we don't always think about that distinction. It's kind of like, these words are bad. And in fact, I try really hard not to call them bad words in our house. Oh. We call them curse words. Yes. Some people say cuss, right? Yeah, we yeah, call yeah. them curse words. I really try not to say bad words because as a writer, I want my kids to know that not all words are inherently bad. I love it's how that. you use them. You're so thoughtful about that stuff. Yeah, they and don't get important. it. It's way over their heads. No, but you got to keep <laughs> doing it until, you know, until they do. I think that's really important. Yeah, I know it's a little pedantic, but I think it's important to not label things as good and bad when they're, you know, it's kind of just a default. Like, oh, she used a bad well, word. Well, you know what I hate, too, is that when you kind of put the kibosh on all curse words of any kind, yeah. there's no explanation. There's there's no level of understanding as to like when certain things are appropriate. Like it's just basically like we don't say those and there's no why, there's no how. Because you know, like our friend Megan Francis, yeah, like the happiest home, the she mom has, like, hour. Eight million podcasts. Yes. She's great. She I remember her telling a story about how her parents would just let her go to her room and like curse. If she would if she had a bad day or something was wrong. Oh, that's so they interesting. They would just let her they would say, go to your room. Curse it out. Let it fly. And then come back when you're done. And you know what? I really like that. I mean, I try to instill that in my kids, too, in terms of, like, the lessons of, like, you know what? This is okay in the house. I don't really love it. I don't think it's the greatest choice of words. However, it needs to stay in the house. So you're trying to teach them enough so that they'll make good choices. And you're hoping the choice won't be the curse word. It's not like you're like, ah, it's okay if we're home. Right, right, right. Okay. I'm I'm always like, hey, now, like, if someone says it. Now... I think the challenge is when you get into, like, the religious words, like, oh, my God, and (gasps) Jesus Christ. Those are really hard. Do you know, this actually bit me in the, let's say, butt. (laughs) (laughs) Bit you in the ass. Come on, Liz. um, You know, I say, oh, my God, constantly, like everybody on this planet these days, right? Right. OMG. Yeah. And my boyfriend's family, some of whom are very religious, are really, you know, they're very conservative with their speech, and I respect that. And I think one of the important things about cursing is knowing, like, where you are if you're offending someone. Like, you don't do it in school. You don't do it when in church, When you're in prison, right? perfectly prison, fine. Prison, fine. No <laughs> problems. <laughs> no problems, six-year-olds in prison. You're just fine. So, anyway, I was with his family for a weekend, and I was so good. Like, no F-bombs, no swear words like I was really awesome and I was so proud of myself until like one of them called him afterwards and said you know she's really great but she said oh my god about 400 times this oh no <laughs> and I felt so bad I thought oh gosh like should I be trying to limit that around them that's hard because I think that's so ingrained into my vernacular and so he was nice he, he said look she's not saying curse words she's trying really hard not to offend but come on she's like an atheist Jew from New York they have very different rules there than we do yeah so, I mean, I think, look, I, I think with my kids, I do tell them, like, Jesus Christ, like, they can't yell that out. And there's a reason why. And here's why. Right. You know, and also, like, I mean, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I, I do say, oh, my God. And, you know, I grew up. It, that was like a bad word. You do not take the Lord's name in vain in any way. Well, I think it's about not 
offending people. Right. right? And being that you're respectful. Around. Being yeah. respectful. But I think it's so hard when something like, oh, my God, has become part of the English language in such a common way. You know, like kids are saying, OMG, like it's not a big deal and don't even know what it stands for. I mean, they're using acronyms that have curses in them and they don't even know what it stands for. They just get the essence of it. So I want to know what you do. Like I've told you guys, the listeners and you, Liz, like what I do when my kids curse. Uh-huh. But like, what do you do? How do you handle it? Like if your kid says like, I have like, to be oh, honest, my kids really don't curse. <laughs> they just don't, Aww. which is bizarre considering <laughs> who their parents are. <laughs> it more comes up like if we're watching movies together. Like okay, we'll watch The Maze fair. Runner and one right. kid will go, son of a bitch. Right. And they'll look at me like with their eyes wide open. Right, And right. I'll explain, you know, here's the thing. A well-placed expletive in a surprising literary context can be awesomely impactful <laughs> as a writer. Oh my <laughs> you know? God. So I know this is so ridiculous. Like everyone's going to make fun of me for this. But we talk about how characters are informed by their choices in movies and in books, right? And so by having a character say, son of a bitch, that says something about him. So we talk about what that says about him. And so it's interesting to see how they perceive that. It doesn't necessarily mean he's a bad kid, but it means maybe he's like a little tougher. Maybe he's more aggressive. You know, they they actually get things from it. And that makes me think about how to talk to them about using certain words is that it will reflect on you in a certain way. People will think certain things about you if you use those terms. I think that's amazing. But it's interesting because media has changed so much. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. I remember being a kid and hearing like the oldie station and it was playing like Steely Dan or the Eagles. (laughs) I don't know. I think it was the Eagles, right? And there's this line, but up and down the highway, haven't seen a goddamn thing from Uh Life in the Fast Lane. And I ran to my dad. I was like, (gasps) they said this word on the radio. (laughs) I was horrified. (laughs) I couldn't believe that that would get past the censors. And now it's like, oh, my gosh, look at music these days. What was that big song from Maroon 5 this summer? The summer's gonna hurt like a mother effer is yeah, the way they sang it. Yeah, that's true. My that's kids true. sang that all summer. Yeah, yeah. I we mean, did not have songs like, like that as kids. Sensitized? Like, I, I mean, I don't necessarily know if it's a great thing. Are we more emotionally stable? Or is it better for our mental health that we're able to use the words the way we want to use them? Are well, our kids better off? I we're mean, less I, repressed than we probably were then. Probably. And I think, you know, the sexual revolution has a lot to do with it. I think just language is fluid and things have different meanings. And on the other hand, you don't see like all the racist, horrible stuff you used to see in like Bugs Bunny cartoons either. So as much as people are complaining about how awful media is and all these curse words and violence or whatever, there's like a lot of things they don't do anymore. Have you ever gone back and looked at old series now, like from the 60s and oh, 70s? Oh, I know. It's, it's like, it's like yeah, horrifying. I'm like hiding my children's eyes. They'll be like my Indian friend, or right? Whatever. Right, or like people in blackface, and you're yeah. just like, what? What? Okay, hold on. Like maybe and not just Ted Danson. My yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's go watch My Little Pony and Powerpuff Girls. I kind of miss that. Yeah. So I think the media's changed a lot. Like everyone knows George Carlin's Seven Dirty Words. One of those words was piss. Oh my and one gosh. was tits. I know. I've heard both of those on TV. Also, the FCC, as of a ruling in 2012, they can't fine networks for cursing anymore. Really? Yeah, they used to I be able no to idea. levy fines. Now yeah. they can set rules. The other thing is they don't really have oversight over non-broadcast media, which is like cable TV or satellite radio and stuff. And I think also our TV viewing habits have changed, right? People aren't just tuning into NBC anymore. So the regulations are different. Like HBO is like, we can do whatever the hell we want. We're right. HBO. Well, you know what? This discussion kind of brings to the forefront in terms of like how I parent mm-hmm. um, and, you know, and how I was parented. And so my 
experience it was very sheltered it was you had a very, very conservative yes, upbringing it was very black and white and you didn't do this and you did do this and so you know what happened to me was that i i always feel like when you take things completely away from people and children the natural tendency is that they're going to be very curious about it mm-hmm. they're going to want to know about it and then they can go off to the other end of the spectrum and like just completely like maybe that's why i yeah. have such a bad mouth is because i was <laughs> never able to curse But I try to use that and put that into context with my own children. And that is that, like you said, not necessarily bad words. They're curse words. Mm -hmm. And here's when you might use them. And here's when you don't. And here are some alternatives. I think it also helps us think as parents about why we're making the rules. You know, like, that's one of those things where you, like, I admit, I don't like hearing kids curse. If I'm walking by their elementary school and some fourth grade is like, shit, it makes me really uncomfortable. (laughs) Like, I just don't like hearing it. I think I bet it sounds awful when I say it to other people. It makes me laugh. I always laugh. I know. I mean, I do too, but it's also, you know, it just feels weird to me. It's like something before their time. And so it really has to make me think about, okay, what is it that bothers me? How can I talk about with my kids? And when I set the rules like you, I want them to understand why, not just because I'm the mom and here's the rule. Yes, absolutely. And then there's just times where your children aren't going to listen to you and your four-year-old is going to walk up to your best friend and say, happy birthday, dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are laughing at it. I think the thing that's most important to me is about respecting the environment you're in so you don't offend people. Great. And more importantly, not hurting people's feelings. So I think if you're calling someone a dumbass or you're calling them a stupid head, it's almost in the same vein for me. It pretty much is the same. So that to me is more important than, like you said, an expletive where you like drop a hammer on your foot and go, Jesus. Like that. Right. And well, and for me, like to just kind of add on to things that I think about as well, is I really want my kids to be able to understand how they they appear in the world. Yes, like how yes. they're acting and how they're speaking reflects on them and how other people see them. Yes, that's like, what we were talking about with the maze runner. As a skill in general. I yeah, think that's important. It helps you define someone's character. You make assumptions about a kid based on how they look, how they talk, the words they use. And, you know, my dad used to say that stuff to me all the time. It made me furious. He'd be like, if you go out of the house with blue hair and my pajamas as pants, like people are going to look at you a certain way. And I was like, Tough. <laughs> right. But I mean, I think it's good to be able to say, like, just understand that there are still these stigmas when yeah. it comes to, like, people in cursing. Mm-hmm. And you now you can make a choice. So you can either choose to use that language and deal with how people might perceive you. Or you might be like, you know what? Maybe today I'm just going to, like, say shoot instead of shit. That's good. I think see. that's a really smart way to look at it. So, you know, I was kind of researching to see if there are any connection between, you know, problems in life and cursing. And in another case of you can find any research to support your point. <laughs> there were like a bunch of... Uh, now, here's interesting. So in time, they had an article about some research that was done by, of all places, Brigham Young University. And that was the only <laughs> one where they talked about how middle schoolers who hear swear words can potentially be more aggressive. Although it seems that the researcher admitted that that may not be causation. <laughs> it may just be really? correlation. <laughs> it might be that kids that like, you know, that are more aggressive seek out media with swear words and that are more violent and stuff. So that was one survey. We'll link that up on our site on yes. MomPix so people can find it. Then this was really interesting. In Psychology Today, they talked about the same thing we talked about, that swearing increases with strong emotions. 
right? So when you get startled or you're <laughs> wait, angry, wait and you're a second. Like, they did an entire research study to they find did. that out. I know. Oh, Don't you want that job? <laughs> I want to study people who curse. And so they were saying even the most polite and reverent people will swear if they're startled or angry. And so the research suggests that swear words actually are cathartic if you're using them as an expletive. Now, this is awesome. There are these two psychological scientists, Timothy J. and Kristen Janchowitz. And in psychologicalscience.org, they did all this research. And what they found is that the use of swear words pretty much are not problematic. And that they recorded 10,000 episodes of public swearing by children and adults. And they said rarely have they witnessed any negative consequences. They've never seen it lead to physical violence. And that most uses of taboo words are not in anger. They produce positive consequences like to get humor. Oh, yes. So humor is a big one. Like, you know, George Carlin did those seven words not just to make a point, but because it was funny. I agree that it can definitely make you feel better. When you are, you know, when you're hurt or like me, I mean, during labor, I don't even want to know how many. <laughs> I think it was like a world record. See, I wasn't, you know how those people, you know, you see in every TV show that people grab the husband. They're like, you did this to me. Yes. I took it all out on my doula who showed up really late. I was like, get away from me. Get out of here. Don't touch me. Get off my feet. Don't rub me. <laughs> I had said horrible things to my doula. Oh, I just screamed expletive. I mean, I think what I love about these articles and I think about the discussion is that these are things that I think parents deal with so often. Like, I I mean, I deal with this like every single day, at least five times a day. Someone says something. And it's you just, mean your kids. Yes. And it's just nice to hear how other people handle it. I know because my, my kids really aren't doing it yet. And I guarantee you that'll end like today. I'll get home and they'll be like, shit, mom. <laughs> so I don't want to speak too soon. I think they just kind of haven't found the use for it yet that they're comfortable with. I'm sure they will in no time. Oh. But I'm. I'm you know, heartened by the research that it doesn't seem to have negative effects. That doesn't mean we should all be teaching our kids to curse, but that if your kids come home and say something, I think having a discussion might be better than just punishing them and not explaining why. Yeah, there are a lot other things that we can be worrying about as parents. And then here's the other thing that's kind of funny. The data from these two psychologists that did the research showed that swearing emerges by age two and that by the time children enter school, so five, they have a working vocabulary of 30 to 40, what they call offensive words. See? So don't worry about it, parents. Just worry about other stuff. Worry about your me time. Don't worry about your kid cursing. All right. So listen, we want to know if you guys let your kids curse. If you don't let them, do you wash their mouths out with soap? <laughs> I wanted Did that know. happen to you? No, it didn't. But my parents always threatened it. Me too. Good threat. So listen, tweet us at Cool Mom Picks. Use the hashtag Spawn Show. Don't curse at us. <laughs> Please. Please. Go to Facebook. We're Cool Mom Picks there. Or you can email us, spawned at coolmompicks.com. We would love to hear from you. Hey, guys, it's Kristen here again, beaming into the studio. Listen, Liz and I will be bringing you our cool picks of the week in just a second. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hi, Nikki Tomlin here, and I'm the host of The Message. I'm going to take you into an elite cryptography think tank and check it out. Their top project right now is to decode a highly classified radio transmission from the 1940s. Have you listened to it yet? Not yet. Uh, we're having a discussion about that. But if I offered you the chance to listen to it right now... Uh, sounds like a no. Well, we don't really know what it is. Voices. Music. Breathing. 
know, I'm not going to mess with that thing. To sum it up, extraterrestrials. Subscribe to The Message on iTunes. All right, so now it's time for... Cool Picks of the Week! Cool Picks of the Week! So, do you want to start? Yeah, of course. I'll go first. All right, so today, while we're recording this, is National Coffee Day. I realize that's going to be passed because we record our podcast early, but, you know, like every day is kind of National Coffee Day. I know, when you're a parent, like what day is not? And we made fun a few episodes back of Crazy Food Holidays, but we kind of like this one. We like (laughs) National Coffee Day. And so I feel obligated to share the wonder that is Emily McDowell with Uh, everyone. She's one of our favorite, favorite artists. And she just has the coolest, funniest. She's one of those people that you swear she's in your head because the stuff that she does is exactly... Exactly what you'd love to Every say. Every time there's like a funny quote poster or funny quote mug on our site, pretty much guaranteed it comes from Emily McDowell. Yeah. So, of course, she's got really hilarious coffee mugs. Like my favorite is I'm a grown ass lady and I do what I want. Ah, that's <laughs> perfect and fitting with our theme today. I know. Or like, how about I will not compare myself to strangers on the Internet. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like I need that tattooed. Oh, on I'm glad you picked her because I love yeah. that we can support small artists and companies. And she's a favorite. Yeah, she's awesome. So she's got like grocery bags. Bags, reusable grocery bags, coffee mugs, artwork, great gifts, really funny. I, I laugh out loud. Not LOL. I actually laugh out loud. <laughs> so anyway, Emily McDowell, we love you. Good pick. All right. Now, okay, you know how we often joke that we have one brain? Seriously, I don't know if you guys have, people who really follow our Twitter feed closely will notice every so often we'll do like two tweets right on top of each other that say the same thing. And that's because both <laughs> Chris and I will like do the same thing at the same time. One brain. So you picked coffee. I just wanted to get you a gift, and I want you to open this. All right. This I'm, is my cool pick of the week. So I went to the Maker's Fair I'm opening week. a gift. Do you hear the bag? I went to the Maker's Fair, <laughs> which is this amazing exposition oh of cool God, stuff from <laughs> Maker's, and I found this awesome company. Oh, oh, my God. Okay, can I read it? Yes. I'm looking at a little white box, and it says... It's a tin. With it. Oh, it's a tin. I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't get my materials correct. It says sex pot. It is tea. And it's from a little San Francisco company called TWT. And here's why I was drawn into this company's display. And I had to get you the sex pot flavor. Yes. They have the most hilarious. This is going to be like the best like small hostess gift, stocking stepper gift. They're so cool. So I was drawn in by a tea they actually have called boobage. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like our favorite word. It is. So that's to support breastfeeding. But they also have one called baby maker. They have one called (laughs) grumpy dinosaur (laughs) the morning. This is a little San Francisco, but it's called the Marin Dilf. Oh. And then my favorite was scandalous man friend. Now these are the names of the tea blends, like scandalous man friend tea or sex pot tea or boobage wow, tea. Wow, that is some smart marketing. They're right really there. clever and funny, and I love this company. I love supporting little artisanal food brands, and this one's called Tea Wee. Yes, and tea it says wee. like, can I just read what's on the tin? Yeah, so yeah. It says sex pot. It says don't be such a T apostrophe S E. Teas. It's a sexy jade green tea. It's loose leaf 
fancy pants tea. It smells it good, smells right? It smells really good. And with my, my poor little throat and voice, I can't wait to uh, indulge in this. Thank you, Liz. You guys have to check out this website, t-we-t-t-e-a.com. We'll link it up on our site. Really cool company. I'm glad to have found them. And I hope you enjoy your sex pot tea. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I will. All right. So if you guys have any awesome things that are life-changing, like, I don't know, sexy tea, sexy coffee, <laughs> sexy things, sexy <laughs> anything you're grasping here <laughs> sexy slippers <laughs> or look anything to make your life extra cool and better we it does not have to it. be sexy you guys this is a mom show yes so tweet <laughs> us at cool mom picks with a hashtag spawn show visit us on facebook or please please email us spawned at cool mom we really love getting your letters <laughs> you did it again I'm so old I call them letters and they're emails and I still refer to like our listeners as readers you guys I'm 10 years behind it's okay it's okay 10 years behind the we media we still love you I need a little national coffee day coffee today <laughs> alright well that's it for this week's episode of Spawn with thank Kristen you so and Liz. much for joining us oh we have so much fun and it's so great to hear from you guys huge thanks to our producer Sarah Abdurrahman and our fantastic engineer Zach Dinerstein. I said we got it right. God, we love why does Zach. everyone here at Panoply have difficult last names? Did you realize Laura that? Laura Mayer does not have a difficult and last name. And neither does Andy Bowers at Panoply. Who and we, we thank love. them too. And if you want to track us down, show us some love. Hey, you know where we are. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and. We have a mailbox, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> a real mailbox with like a little flag that goes up for the postman. <laughs> Spawned at coolmompics.com. And please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And hey, you have you been reading our new reviews? You guys are the best. I am so happy. I said last week that we got a little squee like a little schoolgirl when we see new reviews. And so many nice ones came in this week. So thank you. Thank you so much. I wish they weren't anonymous so I could thank each of you individually. But anyone who leaves a nice review, just know it really makes us happy. So thank you. And thanks for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye. Nobody even tells you when you're a kid what the words are that you're supposed to avoid. You have to say them to find out which ones they are. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> that's too... Oh, ma, that's enough trial and error, huh? <laughs> Please, Ma, give me a list, huh? <laughs> All right, you're six years old now, and here's the list of words your dad and I don't ever want to hear you say. Oh, hey, thanks, Ma. Boy, that's going to save me an ass-kicking or 